Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you guys for being a part of our Wednesday night service. I am super excited to be in your home or wherever you may be, whether you're on Facebook or on YouTube. We are excited to be uh, in your life tonight. Uh, Here at Heritage, we have a threefold mission statement. The first is to declare the word of God, which means that God's word is true. It's yes and it's amen in every single area of our life. The second is to build strong families. We believe that God is interested in the family unit. Whether you are single, whether you are married with children or you're single with children, God wants you happy, healthy, and whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet in every single area. The third is to remove fear. We understand that there are circumstances and situations, there's things going on within our world today that can cloud our vision or try to pull us away through fear and anxiety. And we understand that the teaching of the gospel is the one thing that will pull you back to what is most important, and that is your relationship with God. And without fear, there will be nothing to hold you back from everything that God has called you to do. We love you, and once again, thank you for being a part of our service tonight. I want to jump back into what Pastor Art started a series called Jesus Is. And so I'm going to continue on with that message. And tonight I'm going to be talking about Jesus Is Our Foundation. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them. Or if you're on your your phone, go ahead and turn them on. If you're taking notes, make sure you write down tonight's message is Jesus Is Our Foundation. Go ahead and turn with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. We're going to start reading now. I'm sure at some point in your life maybe you've heard or maybe you've said something similar to this like Jesus is my foundation he is my all in all he's my everything and these are great statements to make but I've noticed in my life in ministry and just in life in general usually the loudest people are usually the fakest people and so I kind of want to bring our our attention to this point in scripture where Jesus is finishing his sermon on the mount one of the most famous uh, messages that he teaches And this is right at the end of that message. And he makes this statement here. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of the Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name? Have we not um, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, I don't have it on the the screen right now, but I'm going to turn really quickly to the book of Luke chapter 6. Now, it's not going to be there for you, but if you have your Bible and it's open, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 6 and uh, verse 46. Let me jump there too. Luke chapter 6. It's a similar uh, version of this account right here. Luke chapter 6. And we'll start off in verse 46 of this. But I say to you, uh, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not things, do the things which I say? 
Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not do the things that I say? This is kind of a spirit of rebellion almost. You know, Jesus is ministering. He's talking to the first century Jewish community at the time. These are people who had a, a connection with God, they had a relationship with God. They knew God, but they also understood the law and they understood uh, uh, all the way, all the, the, the things that went along with the, the law. They knew it so good that they knew how to manipulate it almost. And Jesus is saying to them, there's going to be plenty of people in that, the last day, in that day that are going to say, Lord, Lord, haven't we done all these amazing things in your name? Haven't we done all these works in your name? And he's going to say, get away from me. I don't know you. Those who practice lawlessness, even though you, you say you've done these things, you don't have a relationship with me. You're trying to manipulate the law to, to benefit your own needs, he's saying. Now, this is a, a manipulation is a trait, I think, that children just develop on their own. They figure out ways to manipulate situations, maybe their parents against each other. Like, oh, can I go somewhere, Sarah, somewhere, go somewhere? And the mom will say, well, go ask your dad. And then the, they'll go to the dad and play on his emotions. They'll go back and forth. Kids are great at this. I remember uh, as a child, I took Taj to uh, Target. And uh, we were walking around, maybe you've, you've been to a mall and this has happened to you. Uh, we were at Target and we were walking and he was about five or six at the time, very young. And we're walking and I'm holding his hand. And as we walk into Target, there's this, just this loud commotion going on. And we look up and there's this child on the floor flopping around, screaming at his mom. Just screaming at her, demanding that he buy her something. I don't forgot what it was, probably a toy or a candy. She's just, she looks mortified. People are stopped in the aisles just looking at this child, just scream at the top of his lungs, kicking his feet, all this stuff all over the place. And Taj, with a straight face, looks at me and says, he needs a spank. And I said, yes, he needs some kind of discipline in his life. See, I'm one that I, I truly believe that spare the rod and spoil the child. I know I was disciplined as a child, and I disciplined Taj as a child, and I think we turned out just okay. But this, this boy was manipulating the situation somehow. He was demanding that his mom get him something without having the, uh, with the, the worthiness of receiving what he was trying to get. It was just a huge mess was going on today. And I think that that is something that we find today within the church community. We still see this manipulation that is going on. We see people that are trying to benefit themselves through scripture and, and, and trying to manipulate uh, the, the churchgoers. And we see it going on today. I believe that we live in a generation that is a attention generation. We're a generation of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now TikTok. Um, I see people on TikTok, and I think TikTok is probably one of the most annoying ones to me. Maybe not all of them, but the dancers on TikTok are just annoying. This like, like I don't get it. It's really stupid to me. I don't get it. Sorry. Um, but this, this generation of uh, follow me, like me, share me, uh, hashtag me. It's all about me, me, me. It's this self-centered lifestyle. And I believe this, this self-centered lifestyle is like a snake that has been coiling around this generation for years. And now it's on full display. And this, this self-centered lifestyle has uh, worked its way into the church now. And we're a generation that, that, that with their mouth will declare, God, use me. Just, just use me however you will. Your will be done in my life. But with our actions, we're not saying that. With our actions, we're saying, what can I get from God? 
How can he bless me today? How can I get something without having to do anything? We're a, a, a generation that is seeking things for ourselves, but we don't want to have to change anything to get those things. We're a generation that is infatuated with declaring our own truth without living the truth of the gospel. We're a generation that wants God to promote us and, and, and validate us publicly without having to correct our private life. We're a generation that is all about ourselves. What can I get out of this situation? Not about how can God use me. We say, God, just use me. I want to be used. But, but don't, don't, don't mess with my money. Or, or don't mess with, this is my relationship. These are my plans. This is my dream. This is my life, my body, my choice. And, and a Christian life is not about that. See, somewhere down the line, we've, we've got it twisted. We've, we've gone off track and, and we've created, we, well, not created, we've adopted this self-centered lifestyle into the church and, and that's not how we're designed to live as Christians. Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah. I want to read some things to you. Now, just saying that, that, that uh, this lifestyle is not about me, not, that's not to say that God doesn't want to bless you. God does want to bless you. He wants you happy, healthy, and whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Like I stated earlier, he wants you blessed. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says this. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. It says that God has thoughts towards you. See, we're so wrapped up in our own desires, our own plan, our own lifestyle, and God's saying, I have a plan and a purpose for your life, but you're saying, yeah, but God, you don't understand the, the current situations that we're in, the climate that we're in, the, the political sphere that we're in, the culture that we're in, and God's saying, I do not change. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I have a plan for your life. It's the correct plan for your life. Yeah, but God, you don't understand. This is my desires now. As a Christian, we don't have that anymore. We, we've, we've died to that self. God's saying, I have a plan. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. We need peace today. We need hope. We need salvation. Not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Turn with me to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 37. Psalms chapter 37 says this. And uh, we'll start our reading off at verse 4. 37 verse 4 says this. Delight yourself always in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Actually, you know what? I'm going to back up. It's not on the, the screen, but I'm going to start reading at verse 3. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. That's amazing. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself always in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he shall bring it to pass. Now, we like to... Uh, to quote this, trust in that, that God will give us the desires of our heart. But we skip over the part that just said here in verse 5. Commit. It says, commit your way to the Lord. This generation, we don't like to commit. We have an issue with commit. 
We, we, we want something right now without anything attached to it. No strings attached. We don't want to have a, do a payment plan. We don't want anything attached to us. We'll, we, we, we just want our, our, our cake and our eat it too. We want to have it our way. But scripture says, I'll give you the desires of your heart, but you have to commit your life to me. Now, this, this scripture has to be taken with a pill. And this pill is James chapter 4, verse 3. Turn with me to James chapter 4, verse 3. This is James chapter 4 is in the New Testament. If you didn't know, that's where it's at. And um, I, I believe that we get in a mess when we only read the good stuff and we don't take part in the hard stuff. James chapter 4, let me get there too. James chapter 4. Let me find it here. James chapter 4. I want to read um, out of the message translation. It's not on the TV. It's not on, on the TV. It's not on the screen. But I want to read it for you. It says this. You can bring up the one for, that's in King James Version, but I'm going to read it out of the message translation. It says this. You, it says this. You would not think to ask God for it, would you? And why not? Because you know you'd ask for what you do not have a right to, your spoiled children, each waiting to do with it what he wants on his own. This is amazing because we see this, this generation that wants everything for themselves. Like, like I, I want this for me, this self-centered generation. And yes, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. But he's also saying, because you haven't received it, it's probably because your, your, your motives are amiss. You're wanting it to self-serve yourself. You want it just to elevate yourself and to promote your own being. But God is saying, I, you're not going to get it because your motives, your desires, your heart is not in the right place. And you're acting like a spoiled child, like that child that I saw at Target. That's how we're going about this life. Like, this is my life, God. You don't, you, I, yes, I've given my life to you, but not my whole life. I've only given you a portion of it, a piece of it. And God's saying, I've given you everything, and all I'm asking you is to live for me. See, I need to understand that as a Christian, I've, I've died to self, and now I'm, I'm living a life that is not my own. That's the thing, is that we need to figure, understand that this life is not my own. Turn to me to Matthew chapter 6, really quickly. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. See, this is the, the, the issue that we're having is that we want things in our life, but we don't want to have to seek. We don't want to have to commit. We don't want to have to make the commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to step away from some, some, some things, some lifestyles, some desires that I have in my heart that aren't correct. And I don't, have, I don't want to have to, to say no to some things. I don't want to have to correct my lifestyle in private. I See, I, 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 want, I just want the blessings. I want the blessings on my life. I want all the good stuff. See, understand that I, I, we have grace now in, in our lives, but that's not just... A, a trump card to go and do whatever you want. That's not like a get out of free, free uh, get out of jail free card. 
just to say that we have grace in our lives. See, grace isn't so that I can keep on sinning. Grace is to understand that I don't have to sin anymore. I don't have to live in that life anymore. I don't have to be stuck to, to, to that death uh, uh, of sin anymore in my life because of what Jesus did on the cross. I'm not stuck in that lifestyle anymore. It says this, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, not my own righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. For those of us who identify as Christians, the foundation that is going to change our life, to strengthen our life, is when we release the identity of who we think we need to be. When we begin to release the identity that we've adopted into this world, you know, this, understand that this world will try to place identities on you of who they want you to be. And we'll, we'll begin to identify as a, a political party. Oh, I'm a Democrat. Oh, I'm Republican. Oh, oh I'm this or oh, I'm that. Oh, I, I identify as, as, as this sexual orientation. That's not your identity. That's not who you are as a person. Our identity is in Christ. Our identity is who, if I don't know who he is, then I can never know who I am in this life. I need to understand that it's not just about me. That this, this life of Christianity is not about me. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says this. I'm just going to read it. It says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price, Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's. See, I need to understand that I'm not my own. I can have a foundation in understanding that I've been bought with a price. That this identity that the world is trying to place on me, I can reject that because I know that I've been purchased that I'm a son and daughter of the Most High God, that maybe I was that thing that I was in the past or that, that, that life that I once lived, but I can reject that and release that from my life and say, you know what, I've made Jesus Christ my personal Lord and Savior, and I know who I am. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. I've been called out of darkness into the marvelous light, not because I deserved it, but because he gave his son to die on the cross for me. See, Jesus loves you so much. And that's where our foundation needs to lie. Not in who I think I am or who people are trying to make me be, but in who he is in my life. This life isn't about what I can get from God or what I'm doing with myself. This, is about, this life is about what Jesus did on the cross for me. And the fact that because of his death, burial, and resurrection, I have the gift of salvation. And I owe him everything for that amazing, saving grace. It's not because of who I am. It's because of who he is in my life. And I want you to, to know tonight that Jesus loves you no matter where you're at in life. No matter what current situation you're in, no matter what you're going through, whatever hurt is in your heart, God sees you for who you are and he sees you right where you're at. And he loves you so much that he accepts you right where you are. 
And he loves you so much that he does not want to leave you in that current situation. If you're listening to this service and you say to yourself, you know, I don't know Jesus the way that you're talking about. I don't have that personal relationship with him. Well, I want to be able to give you that invitation tonight. If you say to yourself, I don't know Jesus. I've never asked him into my heart. Maybe you're saying, you know what, I've walked away. I, I no longer have a fellowship with God. I'm no longer in fellowship. I don't know if something were to happen today. I don't know where I stand. And you want to make that change today. You want to make that, 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 that life change tonight. I want to pray with you. Just close your eyes wherever you're at and just repeat me. Say, Father, I thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for me. Scripture says that without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. And I thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for me. And I receive it tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.